Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Just throw cayenne pepper at it till it goes away. I, I, I watched a National Geographic episode where they said that does something or something. Uh, oh god, it's just making it horny. It's so horny right now. You see the animal control guy out in the street, and he doesn't have any shoes on. He's, like, walking real slow because the gravel's, like, stabbing him in the foot. And he's like, ah, some some guy with a, a copy of the Fountainhead came and stole my shoes. <laughs> Adrian Schoolcraft, who worked for the NYPD, recorded the NYPD doing a bunch of corrupt bullshit. Oh, and they got him sent to the ward, right? Like oh, for yeah. Being they... they Physically abducted him. So okay, so here, here's here's how it reads. Okay, uh, yeah. So and this, yeah, and this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about how there are no good cops that are on the police force. If you have cops that try to like expose the fucking fraud mm-hmm. and e- illegalities of the police, this is what fucking happens to you. Anyways, yeah, this is what you get. You're trying to change it from the inside, but it is rotten through and through. So you are effectively going to be moved around until they recognize they're not going to move you around to a certain extent. And then they're going to do exactly what they do. Ruin your fucking life and or murder you. Yeah, it said, after voicing his concerns, Schoolcraft was repeatedly harassed by members of the NYPD and reassigned to a desk job. And we've seen enough cough dramas and comedies to know that whenever you go to the desk job, everybody's going to make fun of you for being an analyst and not one of the fucking Dwayne Johnson guys out on the front, you know, doing all the, the hard, super secret agent bullshit. Yeah. So naturally, that's the way how you stigmatize somebody right out of the gate. And then one day, he leaves work early, and in what is an ESU? Let's see what this is. Emergency service unit. Okay. So an ESU unit, uh, illegally so, enters wait, his an apartment. E- so uh, an emergency service unit unit? Because it's ESU unit. Oh, that's exactly what it is. It's emergency service unit unit. That's exactly <laughs> what they're saying. It could Sorry. just be an ESU or, or an ES unit. Yeah. Um, thank you for that clarification, Jimmy. So this 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 ES unit unit uh, illegally enters his apartment, and they fucking black bag him. Physically they, they abduct, abduct him, him forcibly. Yeah, they abduct him. They forcibly admit him to a psychiatric facility. So he's he's now in a, a psychiatric ward, and he's held there for six fucking days. This is this mm-hmm. is absurd. And even after all of this, like, I'm, I'm skimming down, like, okay, what happens next? And it's just, like, a bunch of, like, releases of things and a couple of lawsuits. He gets $600,000. That's all well and good. But big fucking whoop. Like, nothing changed. Yeah. Like, I, I, like what are they going to do? Like, oh, you know, we're just going to, like, look the other way. Like, here's a, here's a half million dollars. Now shut the fuck up. Yeah. Bullshit. Man. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, so that's what you get, and he was right. Well, was so the thing is, <laughs> so the thing is, is what he was trying to reveal about the NYPD is what we've talked about a lot on this show is that he was trying to expose the fact that um, they were working more towards trying to get people to increase their arrest numbers yeah. as opposed to reducing crime. That people were making false arrest or mm-hmm. unwarranted arrest in order to make themselves look good, increase their arrest numbers. Um, not trying to do what their actual job is, which is reducing crime, obviously, yeah. right? Police officers, their job are to be public servants. That's the bullshit uh, propaganda that we're, that we're told. 
and to reduce crime. Yeah. Um, this is a fantastic example uh, of a, a, a real-life scenario of the tenet behind the all cops are bastards movement. Like, right. This is why it's institutionally busted. Like there are going to be people who are going to try to get ahead in the, the, the employment opportunity that is police work, you know, uh, policy enforcement. Right. Right. And the more that they enforce policies, regardless of whether or not it's legitimate, it's going to look favorably upon them. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to be receiving, uh, let's see these meritus police duty medal, uh, which apparently is given to dedicated uh, New York Police Department, the police officers or some kind of bullshit. Um, all of these different accolades, I'm sure they come with some type of monetary bonus. I'm sure that there's all types of incentives that are thrown at these these poor fucks uh, in, in the process of them prosecuting people Ill- illegitimately. Mm-hmm. Very sad scenario indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, and this yeah. was not that long ago. I think it no, was 2009. 2009. I think it was 2009. Oh yeah, um, 2008 and 9 was when he was um when he was uh making the recordings and in 2010 is when it was released um well the the audio recordings at least were released to the Village Voice. Mm-hmm. Um okay. was like a local newspaper for New York City or something like that. It it is. Um yeah. yeah, and so he was told explicitly that he uh, needed to increase his arrest numbers and uh, received a bad evaluation. Um, the next day, he found a paper in his locker reading, if you don't like your job, maybe you should get another job. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, a little bit of a threat. Yeah. Right? Yeah, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and move on out of here? So... What else do we have here? So we actually have uh, a little oh. bit of an article right here that discusses the raid and the involuntary commitment. Okay. Pretty pretty spicy stuff. Um, oh, man, and it's on October 31st. How about oh, that? Man. Yeah, Schoolcraft felt sick and intimidated, and uh, he heads home. He went home, and he took some NyQuil. That's where he fucked up right there. He's a little bit groggy. You know, he's trying to fall asleep because he's probably been anxious because people have been hounding him all day, filling him with with all kinds of unnecessary worry. Yeah. And at 6 p.m., his father called him with a warning message. His father used to work for the NYPD as well, right? Yeah. He said he looked out the window and he saw police massing in the street. Oh, no. Okay, so... This must have happened over the course of those three hours because after 9 p.m. he heard people moving upstairs. Mm-hmm. They had found a key, and they claimed to the landlord that he was suicidal. So that was the grounds on which they were breaking in. God damn it. Whoa. Okay. Said there were at least 12 high-ranking officers present. Man. And they played it off, you know. It was all just like a, it was a, a big, a big theatrical presentation. Uh, they said things like, "Adrian, you didn't hear us knocking on the door," um, and of course, you know, he he responded in, in the way that you should, you know, these rhetorical questions like, "Oh, come on, like this this is ridiculous." He, he claimed that they were acting like they were the Gestapo and. And they very much were being at that point, you know, in, infringing mm-hmm. upon his personal rights. Um, so 
how exactly do they take him here? So Marino, Marino is one of the is one of the high ranking officers, right? Deputy mm-hmm. Deputy Chief Michael Marino. Okay, he was the guy that was responsible for interrogating him. Um, and apparently is is quoted as stating, "Just can't just take him. I can't fucking stand him anymore." Which is is usually not good. Uh, you know, when you have your police officers that are are mentally breaking to the point that they utter some phrase of substantial discontent, like I can't fucking stand him anymore. <laughs> yeah, like you you might want to you know check your professionalism there. Like yeah, they leave were, that personal well, shit at yeah, home. Yeah, Marino's saying, listen to me. They're going to treat you like EDP, which stands for emotionally disturbed person. Now you have a choice. You get up like a man, put your shoes on, and walk into that bus, or they're going to treat you like EDP, and that means handcuffs. Oh, wow. That's pretty lame. Yeah. Okay, the hospital report record. Here we go. He is coherent, relevant, with goal-directed speech and good eye contact. Hmm. Okay. His memory and concentration is intact. He is alert and oriented, but his insight and judgment are impaired. Hmm. You think that's a NyQuil, or you think that that was misleading information? Hmm. The report also says... He expressed questionable, paranoid ideas of conspiracy and cover-ups going on. Oh, man, that sucks so bad. This is the whole one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Exactly. Oh, man. Since then, he started collecting evidence to prove his point, air quotes, (laughs) Yeah. and became suspicious that they are after him. What the fuck? So, like, this hospital is, like, obviously, like, in, like, the back pocket of the fucking police department. They're like, of course the police department doesn't, you know, falsify evidence to do shitty shit. Of course they're in the right here. Yeah. The fact that this person's suspicious just means he's paranoid and he has a problem. Not the New York Police Department, of course not. The shining beacon on the hill that we all look up to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's there's never been any more on the record of the NYPD. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they are it, perfect. It must be all of Adrian Schoolcraft's fault. Yeah. What must the fuck? Be. Poor guy, man. So yeah, he's he's admitted and I guess he's held for 6 days. It doesn't look like that we have any information on what his stay was like, but I would imagine that since he's a totally sane person that he could just simply bide his time and you know, hopefully not not get hurt or find himself in any compromising circumstances while he was there. Yeah. Uh, but still, that's that's a that's a week of time where you're just sitting around waiting, hoping in that uh, you're going to be able to walk out of there. Ugh. I mean, because if it, if it had been you know thirty years pl- prior, there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have been kept there indefinitely. Be like, oh yeah, he, he thinks there's some kind of conspiracy going on here, and it's quite obvious. You know, I mean, you know me, I'm a police officer. I'm, everything's okay. Everything's okay, and everything I say is definitely God's honest truth. So, right. you just keep him in here because he thinks that there's some kind of crazy conspiracy. Um, paranoid right. that, lunatic. Just keep him right. here. That we're that we're trying to up our arrest numbers, and you know, putting arrest numbers over <laughs> everything else. Just some wild conspiracy. Yeah. That no oh, one has yeah. ever came up with or said before. <laughs> okay, so. This is this is cool. Uh, here's a little list of 
all of the things that the NYPD tapes revealed about the 81st precinct. So okay. the thing that stands out first is this very top of the list, a ninefold increase in stop and frisk events. Well, how are you going to get arrest if you're not stopping and frisking every brown person on the street? Man. Okay. You got to get those arrest numbers up somehow. So the the this the stop and frisk to what extent is that still legal in New York City? Do you know? I don't think it is. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm, I'm not saying it's not still happening, but it's not still supposed to be happening that I'm aware of. Mhm. Yeah, I thought that that was that was ended um, a while back. I mean, like you know, ten plus years ago. Yeah, I mean, we had fucking uh, Bloomberg when he was running for the president, apologizing it for the first time <laughs> since he was like the fucking mayor of fucking New York. You know, yeah. like ten years fucking later. But okay, the only time you can keep people accountable is when they're running for office. It's like, oh, yeah. you guys can give me something. Uh, no, okay, so... fine. I guess I'll admit that I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really sorry. You can tell I really mean it because I'm running for a, a political office again. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be nice to me, and I'll be nice to you guys. Scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. Yeah, frisk my back, I'll frisk yours. Oh man. And the, the list is, I mean, it contains a lot of things, but uh, that, that's really the thing that stands out quite a bit for me. Um, mm -hmm. Entire groups of people arrested without charges simply for congregating on street corners. Oh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, Ghost 250s, which was a fake stop and frisk reports with no names fabricated to make quota at the end of the month. What? So this is like the cops equivalent of like fucking KPIs. It's like, okay... I got to get so many fucking arrests, you know, for my my KKKPIs, as we talked about on previous episodes. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just going to, like, make up false information of fake stop and frisks that didn't happen to up my numbers. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, that kind of shit just fucks everybody up because, like, when one motherfucker start, starts faking their numbers, right, it makes them look better than they are. So then they start holding other people that are actually doing their job to the same standard of the people faking fucking work because they're like, well, if this guy's able to do this much work, why aren't you able to do it? You know, where if like it's like it's like um, grading on a curve, right? Yeah. It's like if you have like everyone's fucking failing the class and it's like, OK, well, maybe we need to readjust our KPIs. We got to readjust our numbers or quotas, whatever, to try to uh, make it better fit reality so it doesn't look like everybody's failing. But if everybody, you know, instead of just uh, failing in solidarity, um, picks up the slack by falsifying information, it raises the standard up for everybody to have to continue either uh, making shitty arrest or making false arrest or completely making up arrest altogether to, to keep up the artificially high standard that everyone's um, being forced to work towards. Mm -hmm. And yep. so you get stuff like the Ghost 250s, which is just incredible. That is amazing. Mm. Yeah, uh, nobody's watching these folks to make sure that they're being accurate. And exactly. even then, like, he, he claims that understaffing was a major issue. And I wonder if he believes that having more police officers or maybe more um, more checks on individuals who would possibly produce these fake reports 
uh, would ultimately curtail the volume of fake reports overall. Um, but even then, there's nothing to say that those individuals who would be watching these folks would be any more responsible than the people that are making them up to begin with. It's just this never-ending bureaucratic cycle. Yeah. Oh, here's another good one that kind of like goes into like everything else we were talking about. A preference for easy arrest rather than, quote, bag of shit cases who require <laughs> supervision or medical treatment. One sergeant said, listen, don't bring Mr. Medicine into the station house because he's going to get free medical care from us that we all pay for, okay? And plus then he gets a nice police escort the whole time that he's there. Wow. Yeah. Don't bring Mr. Medicine into the station house. <sighs> That's great. It's like, um, oh, you need medical care? Fuck that dude. Don't bring him in here. We'll have to actually do real work. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go get the low hanging fruit. Um, whoa. Oh, how about this one? Uh, so there's this lady named, um, uh, Rhonda Scott uh-huh. and, uh, Apparently, this was lumped into the category of arrests on trivial charges, such as a person not displaying identification several feet away from their own house. What the um, fuck? In this, this particular circumstance, Rhonda Scott suffered two broken wrists during a 2008 arrest for not having her ID card while standing on her own stoop. Man. What the fuck? I don't know what you got to do to somebody to break both their wrists, but I've only heard about that happening one time, uh, and that was... So someone who was falling backwards caught themselves in such a way that both of their wrists, yeah, I mean, it, you got to have a lot of force. Like you have to be basically be running backwards or pushed really hard. Yeah. And then catch yourself with both wrists and then they, they both break. Um, so I'd imagine that she got roughed up pretty hard. Um, man, she's a mental health care worker too. Jesus. Yikes. He's like running up to everyone that's like outside. Where's your ID? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe just like a simple law. Like you don't have to give officers your ID if you don't want to. Could curtail a lot of this shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, then people would probably just be disappearing left and right. Like it's not, it's not necessarily going to stop the fact that these people have, uh, extrajudicial power to enforce laws at their discretion. Right. Or these fake 250s. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah. It's like in order to become a lawyer, like how many schools, I mean, how many years of school do you have to go to? Like in order to be a police officer to enforce the laws, like what? You get like a six week training period and then you're like let out on the streets like a rabid fucking dog. I have already spent more time learning how to be a barber than most police officers have spent learning how to be a cop. And yeah. yet I still have a year to go before i'm done (laughs) jesus god and that's so terrifying that these like people are supposed to like know what the fucking law is like well enough to enforce it like yeah give me a fucking break these people don't know what the fucking law is nah not at all i I mean they're they're told by political echo chambers to do basically these things uh and not saying that all police officers or all uh police stations are doing these exact same things but they probably are they probably are to some extent. And the fact is like, there's not a whole lot of continuity from one to the other. So there's a lot out there that could be better. There's a lot out there that could be worse. And there's nothing that really tells us that those people are going to act good or bad 
other than our own predisposition towards the institution that is police and you know policy enforcement. All I can uh, hope is that now that the Magatruds have had four of their own murdered by DC cops and then 54 of them arrested, that maybe they'll have a different opinion of cops, but maybe not. Maybe not. Well, what I kind of fear is that they're going to internalize that. I think that if they have enough rough run-ins with cops or they basically use up their entitlement card, then they're going to think that not only the police are against them, but they have to simultaneously become the police. And then you'll have... Uh, basically like a brown shirt movement um, where people are developing a fascist militia on behalf of their little political separatist party. Um, and, and then, and, and then uh, uh, everything that they do can pretty much be autocratically administered. They don't have to look to an outside agency that could be good, could be bad, right? Like there's a, there's a spectrum there. Um, instead they get to decide, um, you know, independently, whether or not they need to raid a particular government institution or um, decide whether or not some some city has power based on its political orientation or, you know, what whatever terrible thing could happen. I don't know. See, see the 1930s for for reference. <laughs> like, right. Um, but they at a certain point, I'm sure that they're going to get disillusioned. Um, or, or at the very least, it'll be like the same thing as the as the fake news um, sentiment. Uh, people will eventually start to see these uh, police officers as as phony patriots, you know, uh, as these. Uh, I, I borrow a little line from Bioshock Infinite: these ten men, these ten soldiers, right? They're they're not really uh, the humans that we need to be in charge of our law enforcement. Therefore, people need to step up, and who better than individuals from our pure line of uh, ideological militants? Right. Um, I don't know. I hope that's not what happened, but that's kind of what happened with the mass media. And now you can't have a conversation about basically any topic without there automatically being an insinuation of some conspiratorial, terrible thing going on in the periphery that everybody else doesn't see. Only the enlightened chosen few can see through the charade. And then you end up having conversations with these idiots that believe that uh, that, that Antifa was actually the people who tried to storm the Capitol instead. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some something to that effect. Like, yeah, I guess God. my issue is that it's like I don't even necessarily disagree with the fake news uh, sentiment that you're being given a very uh, tilted bias uh, representation mm -hmm. of you know what's going on by the news with like a lot of important things being left out. It's just like. I just but it doesn't also... mean that you should just trust on your own intuition. Like, yeah, sure no, it's, it's just, wrong. Sure, it's, it's just, propaganda. It doesn't it's, mean that you're right, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, yeah, and it just doesn't mean that I don't believe that you know the government's ran by lizard people and global pedophiles. You know, like there's a right. difference. That's a <laughs> yeah, <sighs> global pedophiles. Mm -hmm. yeah. But then again, you have things like uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Rest in peace. That uh, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> but, kill himself, man. but no, but he like you know uh, if you were, if there was ever an example of what a global pedophile looked like, that was that was it. <laughs> yeah, bingo. 
So, yeah, you know, unfortunately, those people kind of give a little bit of, uh, yeah, validity to those kinds of uh, conspiracy theories, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you only need a couple of uh, small examples to justify uh, something like an outrageous belief to swaths of people that have effectively been lied to to some capacity. Exactly. Their entire lives. Exactly. If if you have no basis for truth and you have no ability to reason your way out of critical think. Yeah. You can't, you're never going to dig your way out of that. Well, you're stuck down there. You have to, I mean, at a certain point, they're they're even resistant to any education because they can't even see the difference between education, information, and critical thinking skills and propaganda. It's all just like one and the same at at a certain point. Right. So fucking sad. Man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. But uh, part of the reason why I wanted to bring up the Adrian Schoolcraft guy I'm now now remembering is... Uh um, Fuck, where is it? One second. Oh, okay. So I know like this happened on Christmas Day, but it already feels like old news given the Georgia runoff election and the fact that Megachud stormed the fucking White House. But uh remember that Nashville Christmas Day bombing? Oh, the one where like the uh the explosion plume can be seen like miles away. Is it the one you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, that one. That thing that like happened a couple weeks ago that feels like it happened forever ago, that thing. Yeah, why does it seem like it happened so long ago? Because the, the uh, time's accelerating. I don't fucking know. But um, so speaking of like people being forced in the psychiatric wards and whatever. So um, Warner, the guy that blew up the city block um, a year ago, um, he had a girlfriend and uh, she called the police on him um, telling them that he was making bombs, right? Mm-hmm. And so the police came. <laughs> <laughs> so just a police... casual complaint. <laughs> like, just a casual. My neighbor like... is playing the music too loud, <laughs> yeah. and the other yeah. one is making bombs. <laughs> yeah. My boyfriend's making bombs, and I don't know what to do. Maybe you want to, I don't know, police it. Uh, yeah. So Did she watch, please? Uh, uh, yeah, has a legitimate complaint. Her, her boyfriend's making fucking bombs, and she's concerned. And uh, when the police came to the um, house um, of which mm-hmm. uh, her and her boyfriend were uh, living in, wait, uh, his claiming RV was or? his. Wait, I, th- um, I guess maybe his RV. Wait, uh, did he have the RV at that time? I'm not for certain. I feel like I've seen pictures of the house in which you can actually see the uh, the, the RV oh, wait, in the back. The was building bomb. Okay, nope, it was the RV trailer. Okay, the, so he was building bombs in the RV trailer. You you are correct. Okay, so the RV trailer that they were living in. Yes. Mm-hmm. So police show up, and then she's you know telling them the situation about uh you know her boyfriend is making these bombs, and this was um August twenty first of twenty nineteen. It's um, a while back. It's a while back. Is yeah. It's over. Wait, that's more than a year ago. Yep. That's a lot of time yeah. to react. That's multiple years ago. Yeah. So they had a lot of time to react. Um, so when they came onto the scene, uh, instead of searching the RV and uh, for bombs and things of that nature, instead they said that she was um, acting hysterical and convinced her to go to a uh, psychiatric ward 
much like Adrian Schoolcraft was insisted to going to a psych ward um, when he after when the police came and visited him after he had made complaints and things of that nature. So it's like a very similar situation of uh, someone having legitimate complaints and concerns, and instead of like rooting out the actual crime and illegal activity, instead the person that has legitimate complaints and concerns gets treated like a mental patient and sent away. Uh, this is why our mental health institutions are stigmatized to the extent that they are, because you never know how they're going to be weaponized. Used, used as a punishment. Public. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's, it's yep. still used as a punishment as People opposed are afraid. to, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Okay. So what happens next? Let's I see. mean, what happens next is he blows up a fucking city block in Nashville. It, but that, it's I mean, just that's... like nothing, just like radio silence <laughs> until he decides to roll up on the... Well, so, okay, so the city block that he was at, do you know exactly how close it was to the AT&T tower? No. Okay, I, from what I've heard, like it pretty much destroyed the whole block, and the pictures and videos that I've seen would indicate that there was substantial damage, and uh, apparently three other people, I believe it was, were injured. And, you know, mm-hmm. outside of the fact that Warner, the guy that blew up his RV, killed himself in the process. Um, oh. But uh, a lot of people were injured, and it was a huge explosion, and it took out all kinds of shit. And for the, the FBI, uh, or the, even the local police, to not follow up to the fullest extent that they could have <laughs> in order to avoid this scenario from playing out, is just mind-boggling. Like the here's some amazing quotes we have right here. Uh, Somebody dropped the ball. Throckmorton said. Whoa. Aaron said police at the time had no proof of wrongdoing by Warner. At no time was there any evidence of crime detected, and no additional action was taken. He said. No additional information about Warner came to the department's or the FBI's attention after August 2019. (laughs) It's like, they're like trying to find excuses. It's like, well, there's no way we could have known. It's like someone literally told you this dude is making bombs in their RV in August of 2019. It's like, yeah, but no one told us again after that incident. There's no way we possibly could have known because the we weren't uh fuck you. <laughs> he only had one prior arrest too, so like only they didn't have one to go off of. <laughs> yeah. He just had the one arrest and the one person calling the police uh complaining about bombs being made. That's yeah, it. They had it's not like they had <laughs> anything specific to go off of like someone complaining that he was making bombs, like no concrete claims. Yeah, like, like bombs like being saying, made. Like it's right here in his trailer. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh who am I? The, the, oh I'm the, I'm the girlfriend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, the I, RV I, I behind me is filled with bombs. Please do something about it. Oh, it seems like you're acting crazy. You know, crazy. crazy women with your crazy periods claim cr- screaming about bombs. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet that, that that's the exact discourse. They, they, that's absolutely what they said. <laughs> what the fuck? Yep, better better go take care of that in the psychiatric ward, if you know what I mean. Holler off, boys. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Okay, so a lot of these events are happening. And I know that I'm like, oh, drumming up the probably the the world's going to explode pretty soon conspiracy. But it's situations like this. It's situations like people raiding the Capitol building that show just how fragile our infrastructure is. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, yeah. I think they, a lot of people think it's more robust than no uh, than, than what we should give it credit for. Yes. Uh, and it's not. It, it's it's fragile as fuck. Like, if if this dopey guy living in his RV can make a bunch of bombs and roll yeah. up on some important city square and then disable telecommunications for the southeast United States in a moment. If you have AT&T. If you have AT&T. But and this, in, is an AT, a, this is a Verizon commercial, so switch to Verizon today and don't have yeah. your shitty service cut down from AT&T. Okay. Just because of one shitty dude of an RV. And this is where it ties back into capitalism, because if you happen to, uh, be you know if you if you happen to be an AT and T customer, and chances are most of the people that we're talking to are probably AT and T customers, just because they're the big name in town, they're one of the largest telecommunications companies in, in the nation. I, I don't I don't know how they compare to the rest of the world, but they're fucking huge, and they definitely have a monopoly in some areas of. Uh, of the southeastern United States, so disabling yeah. commun- telecommunications, even if it's just one company, is effectively like taking out a percentage of the population, saying, "Okay, you guys don't get to contact anymore." So even if this person was to uh, collaborate with just one other person, you could probably take out telecommunications for like ninety-five percent of people. Thanks, monopolies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to the winner goes the spoils, and apparently the spoils are your ability to be able to communicate with others outside of your local social circles. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's very powerful. Um, and it doesn't take more than an RV bomb. It doesn't take more than apparently a few some kind of like Trumpers. horns attached to a beaver skin with a spear and a oh, flag yeah. on it to work your way all the way to the Senate floor. Yeah. Amazing. Just fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'm seeing like pictures like uh, and they they look they basically look staged of like people who like would break oh, into yeah. you know they broke out the windows of the Capitol building and they're like yep. looking in and you have like three guys on the other sta- side that are like 3 feet away from the window with their guns pointed at the guy yep. that's like peeking in the window. And I'm like, yeah. what is the guy that's taking the picture doing over here? Like, yeah. He's just like standing back like, oh, yeah, got to make sure that the world knows about this. Like, oh, look how well prepared we are. We got all these guys with guns on this side. I mean, that. I mean, I'm not, yeah. Well, on one level, it's just like, who the fuck are you to take this picture? At the same time, it makes um, this day and age much more exciting that you just get like, because if this was like in ye old, you know, 1700s, we would get like a little statement in our local newspaper. It's like, oh, hear ye, hear ye. Uh, <laughs> local Trump supporters broke into the Capitol building and uh, they did some stuff, you know, but instead we get to see like the beaver skin fucking hat horn bullshit and yep. like him still in the fucking podium and like all these other like dumpy fucks like doing weird shit, you know, you get, you get it all. It's a very, yeah, you get to vicariously live through them. Oh man, oh yeah, it's nuts. Yep, and I am enjoying every second of it. You know. Oh yeah, you gotta take I, make I the most of it. it would, what it would feel like to, uh, like 
pretend to be this pseudo bastardization amalgamation of a native American, a Viking, uh, <laughs> I guess some kind of like Patriot Superman and then just raid the fucking Capitol building yeah. with a, with an American flag on a spear. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet, I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, I've I've read the things sweetest. about people intentionally using uh, flags as weapons, um, like mm-hmm. having spears on the end or other such things to use. That guy did. He had a big pointy. He's a spear on the end. Yeah, no, like, but like, yeah, no, people are doing that tactically um, as That's a smart. to make it as a weapon. It's like, look, I just have a flag. This isn't a weapon. It's like, haha, this is actually a spear. Remember, remember the one video of Lindy Beige where he said spears are really good for they're the, they're the best. Yeah. fighting off people because they're universally just good. Every culture use spears. Look, I have a spear now. Haha, huzzah. It's it's amazing how good like long pointy things are in battle. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. If you're just walking around with a spear, you know, like someone would tackle you, they would see you as dangerous. But if you tie a little flag to the end of your spear, ta da! It's it's okay now. It's just a flag. Don't mind me. It's definitely not a nine foot long killing weapon. It's just a it's a flag pole. Yeah, ha ha. Yeah, uh, crisis averted. Just poke all the people that try to take away your freedom or steal an election or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so yeah, definitely drop the ball on that one. Oh, jeez. Is that a New Year's joke? Uh, sure. Uh, let's <laughs> let's move on. Uh, so do you want to talk about the, um, the 50 years of tax cuts for the rich? I feel like... I feel like it's, it's such though. it's such like a water is wet story. Yeah. It it really is. There's no surprise. Like this is something that people have been saying for a very long time. Um and also have had a, a whole lot of information to back it up. It's kinda like a, at a certain point when you recognize that trickle down economics doesn't actually um or, or what is it, uh, a, a rising tide doesn't actually lift all ships. Then yeah. uh you have to have uh, an appropriate population size and you have to show with well well documented data yeah. that it is proven to not have worked for this amount of time <laughs> and even then if you shove it right in these capitalist faces they're going to come back with well why don't we wait another 10 years and see if uh, if we have a turnaround and in fact yeah. I, we, we think that uh, the the tide is actually going to come in this next year if you just wait like 5 years 10 years you know what let's just make it an even 500 years and yeah. everything is going to be fine <laughs> once we hit 499 years. boom Boom. You don't even know the prosperity you're going to get. You guys are going to get trickled on so much. You're going to have so many. Yeah. It'll be the golden shower you've always wanted. (laughs) So golden. Yeah. Money. Because money's gold. Yeah. That's about all I can say about this article. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Pretty lame. Let's move on. Uh, All right. So let's talk about children's shows in Denmark. Okay. So this is incredible. I I think I watched the entire first episode just because I didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was real. I didn't think it was real. <laughs> okay, so it's a Denmark show called called John Dillermand, which oh, wait, translates. Dillermand. What is what is Diller? Wait, anybody that P- speaks Danish, what do you guys think Dillermand means? 
<laughs> well, they would know because they're Danish. Who would be anyone that's not Danish? What do you think? Right? Oh, uh, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, give it your best guess. We'll give you a few seconds. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. The answer was Penis Man. His <laughs> name is John Penis Man. Mm-hmm. That's good entertainment. I watched, I watched the entire first episode, even though it didn't have English subtitles and even though it was in Danish, because I was so blown away that this was a children's TV show. Mm-hmm. It's like this pseudo-claymation kind of show thing. And it's about a guy named John Dillermand and or John Penisman who has an extensively long penis that can do fantastical things with it. And (laughs) without knowing English, I'll tell you what the first episode was about. The first episode was about he started off grilling but he was afraid that he was going to set himself on fire with the lighter fluid. So he stood about 12 feet away and then used his penis to put lighter fluid into the grill and then lit, and then lit a match with his penis, with this 12-foot-long penis, and then threw it in the grill and was grilling. And then um, he went for a dog walk, and all of his neighbors wanted him to walk his dog, their dogs too. So he ended up walking a shit ton of people's dogs. But then the dogs got away, and he had to go and catch them. And the way he decided to catch them is he got someone to drive a truck, and he was standing in the end of the truck, and he had a hot dog, right? But his arm wasn't long enough to to uh, get the dogs to chase yeah. the hot dog from the back of the truck. So he used his 12-foot-long penis, right, to hold the hot dog. So he's holding this hot dog with his 12-foot-long penis while dogs are chasing the back of the truck. And the dogs would bite the hot dog that he's holding with his penis. Oh my God. And when they would do that, the camera would zoom in on his face and he would make a face of discomfort, and then he would reel his penis back in with the dogs on it, drop him in the truck, and repeat. So he was just getting his dick chomped on by dogs. Oh my god! Are you? Have you watched the commercial for this? Yeah, I watched. Maybe that's what I watched. I don't know. It was. It was like five minutes long, and oh, he he got he got back all of the dog. Oh, the commercial where he's like using his penis like a helicopter flying around yeah. the town, and he's yeah, like yeah, bouncing yeah. around like a pogo stick. Yeah, it's it's um I wish I spoke Danish to watch all the episodes. I mean, you don't have to watch you don't have to speak Danish to enjoy it. I've just explained to you the first episode without knowing any Danish, Danish just so I can watch the entire plot. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's incredible. Like uh there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing there's literally nothing you can't do at least in Denmark. It's like a it's like the Somalia of of northern Europe. You can do whatever the fuck you want there. You want to make a goddamn claymation kids show of a guy with like a twelve foot long fucking penis? You fucking do it. The sky's the limit. That is great. Uh, I, I I think. Uh, do you think you'd be proud if if that was your mark on the world? You know, you get one shot <laughs> to create a, a children's animated series, and like you can do anything, Jimmy. You know, what, what, whatever. It's sky's the limit. Do you think I... you land on something like this? I uh, <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, well, I mean, if, if I can do anything, I'm not limited by the stigma that most Americans have to deal with when they're when they're making a um, uh, 
uh, a children's entertainment uh, medium. SpongeBob, I think, infiltrated that the right way. It, it it was palatable for a very wide range of ages, and oh, also yeah. contained a lot of euphemism. It wasn't necessarily aimed at at adults, and I don't think it was explicitly aimed at children either. So, like, I, I think that there's a relationship. There's there's kind of a spectrum, right? Um, like there's uh, an Overton window, uh, you know, so to speak, uh, of entertainment that is acceptable that we believe that we can show our kids. And I don't know yeah. if John penis man is necessarily that in the United States. Um, I, I don't, I don't know why it would be more okay in Denmark, but maybe it is like, well, I mean, we've talked about a lot of times about how sex in the United States is worse than violence. Like you can show a kid, a movie where like a bunch of people get like shot up and murdered Rambo style and it's fine. But if there was like, any form of intimacy between a man and a woman. It's like, oh God, shield the child's eyes. This is unfit to be seen. And I don't think Europe has that same kind of uh right. anti sediment towards uh sex and sexualization and things so of that nature. To to bring it back to SpongeBob for a moment, you remember yeah. the one episode where they raised the clam? Yeah. That that was a, a, a very contentious episode. Mm-hmm. Um pa- was, Patrick's the dad. Well, yeah, he wanted to be <laughs> Why the can't I be the mom? Because you never wear a shirt, Patrick. Oh, you're right. If I was a woman, this would be very discerning. <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it says. this would be shocking. Oh, and then, yeah. Like, zoomed in on his, his hairy chest and his big old belly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and they, I think they, they pushed limits for an American audience. I'm not nece- I'm not necessarily sure that they were pushing any limits for other cultures around the world though. Like Probably this not. seems odd to us as as Americans. I don't know if it necessarily is. I would I would want to get a like, Danish person's opinion on it. Like to me it seems like legitimately like an adult swim show. Yeah. Even though exactly. it's directed towards kids. Yeah, like some exactly. And then like and it's not even using like graphic adult language that i know of like yeah i don't speak danish or whatever but i'm assuming it's using like basic kid language but just the fact that it has someone with an extremely long magical penis that would be justification enough to make this into an explicitly adult content show only suitable for something like adult swim in the united states yeah you know? yeah, I think they actually make mention of that, where it's like this is gonna be a fantastic stoner, uh, like midnight television show for oh, adults yeah. later on. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, no, I would yeah no, absolutely, I would totally watch that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I watched it fucking sober. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was entertained as hell. I didn't even know what they were saying, and I was entertained. I can only imagine how entertaining it is when you know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you have not been entertained until you watch someone walk dogs with their penis, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's like a, it's kind of like a cross between uh, claymation and paper animation. So it's, yeah. it's, it's very satisfying to watch. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of like a, a, a mushier version of South Park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With more penises. With, somehow more penises. Mm-hmm. Oh. They said it couldn't be done, but they did it. Fantastic. I, I, I applaud them.
Whew. They did great. Hey, you know what? Maybe we could uh, we could use this this uh, Dillerman's Mr. Dillerman's penis to uh, wrap this episode up. What do you think, Jimmy? Wrap wrap this episode up with this penis. Yeah, I think so. Johnus penis man's penis. John penis man. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you all for uh, listening to us on this fine episode. If you would like to reach up to us and tell us about the police misconduct in your area, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment, or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at Cynic Empower Me One. We would love to hear from you. It would mean a lot to us. And if you're listening to us through any of the listening apps out there, please, for the love of God, please, for the love of God, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us and helps other people find us. Yeah. Yeah. Find us like you'd find Bombs and Warners or RV. I'm sorry. I don't know. What the, f- what the fuck? I'm trying to think of another thing that we would find in this episode that you would find uh, John. I don't know. John Penis Man. (laughs) 